film sucks Indie film sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah on South Broadway, the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Yeah, here we are. The lovely independent film world. You know, it does it does suck some days and um, some nights. And it's nighttime right now. It's, it does suck. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it does suck. Doing the podcast sucks. Not doing the podcast sucks. Yeah, everything pretty much sucks. Well, you know, there's there's always, um, you know, you have to have the not so good days to really enjoy the good days. You know, when you have like today was a beautiful day outside, right? It and was. It's it's February, and it's usually really fucking cold, and miserable and gray and no color. And you know, today was a nice day outside. It's beautiful. And I was thinking about that today actually, and I was like, man, what a great day. I was like. This is why we have shitty days outside, so we appreciate the good ones. And I guess it's, I could say the same thing about anything that has to do with working hard, because working hard sucks, right? And, it, it can, yeah. And, and you have to work hard to accomplish whatever goal you're trying to accomplish, and sometimes it sucks doing it, you know? Like we always talk about, making the movie is really fun on set. Most of the time. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's it's way better than waiting for other people to to do their end of your business yeah you know which is what we're doing now the the long wait game that's the sucky part about it but um at least we have something in the hopper a few things coming up and and we had something kind of kind of cool happen uh last weekend we did we did Mm -hmm. i guess we should talk about that oh by the way i'm chris grega and I'm Brock Roberts. Thanks for listening to the Indie Film Sucks podcast. And Chris Mackey is, of course, on assignment. Yeah, well, <laughs> assignments are, you know, sometimes we are really working. Like, some of us can't be here. Sometimes one of us can't make it because we really are working an angle in the, in the business, right? And other times it's because, you know, like, we are the blue-collar workers. We have shit to do. Uh, we have kids' birthdays, wife's birthdays, anniversaries, uh, wife goes out of town and you have to watch the kids which that's probably Mackie's assignment right now <laughs> could be and, could uh, be um but we're, we miss you Mackie we wish you were here we do uh but we're here today and uh yeah let's talk about a little bit what happened and or what, what we got to do last week we were in our first festival yeah for Red Night at Skies that is mm-hmm. and uh it's it's uh one didn't even think we were going to get in just yeah, hey, cheers to that real quick. Yeah. Cheers, Chris. And we uh, we went to the screening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we did. And the screening consisted of uh, me, Brock, the tech guy running the show, another filmmaker that we know who happened to be there because he had a film in the festival. And a drunk woman who just happened to almost fall down the stairs. Yeah. To uh, see what was going on in the basement of the venue. Yes. Which is where we were at. Yeah. And she uh, she stuck around. Well, she actually called her husband and her her 
daughter and daughter's boyfriend and they showed up for about 20 minutes of the movie then they split (laughs) but then some other dude wandered in after that and he stayed for the whole thing yeah so we had a really really good show well first let's let's paint a a, even a bigger picture of how it happened so i i get i get to this festival which is a couple hours away from where i live and it was a late saturday night showing like nine or nine thirty yes and uh, the location uh, is a bar, I guess. You know, it's, that's what where Google Maps took me anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I get out and I walk into the bar and I'm looking around and you know, there's people playing darts and shit and drinking beer and I see Chris and another fellow actor, you know, having a, a drink or so, uh, discussing whatever, and uh, that's pretty much it. And I see a poster for the film festival and an arrow pointing this way. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, this is different. I didn't expect. <laughs> I didn't expect this. So uh, we sit down and we talk a little bit. And the person that's supposed to be introducing the film, uh, we're talking to. Right. This is what the website said, anyhow. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, hey man, don't you have to present us? And like, you know, like now he's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> All right, and uh, we proceed just to bullshit a little bit, and uh, then I I guess someone said, uh, well, we, we probably should get down for a movie. Yeah. And uh, and he goes, yeah, he's waiting on you. And you go, oh, he's waiting on me, us to go down there for this for the movie, and because we've been bullshitting for a few minutes. Yeah. So then we go down to the festival, and this bar is a beautiful bar, by the way. It is. The it really was real pretty, pretty cool. Uh, and we go downstairs to the basement of this really cool bar. And that's where we see, you know, the pull-down screen, the projector on a chair, which is you know, fine. And uh, the tech guy, and he looks up from, you know, whatever he's doing on his phone and kind of says, Oh, you made it. We didn't know if he was coming. <laughs> and I'm like, we? Who's, who's, <laughs> I see one person here. <laughs> uh, so that was the beginning of the, the, sh- the viewing. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'll go upstairs see if I can round some people up. He didn't. He didn't round anybody up. Nobody nobody came down to see it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I guess I just didn't promote the festival or, or whatever. I'm not sure how it works. But I, you know, I, I'm glad somebody's out there doing it because it's a hard work to put on a festival and get people, you know, especially this time of year when it's oh, cold yeah. outside. It's hard to get people in anywhere from off their couch you know no, yeah no i'm not complaining about the festival no. organizers or or the presentation or any of that stuff i mean some festivals are going to be small and it's going to be like on a in, in a basement on a screen and that's cool you know if the vibe is cool i thought it was cool actually yeah no i i thought the setup was was great uh it it took about a half hour <laughs> oh, yeah. to get the sound going <laughs> because we had technical issues which again man you go to a festival you don't know what you're going to get as far as your screening. You you really don't. And and I'll be honest, man, and unless you bring a bunch of people with you, there's probably not a bunch of people who are going to see your movie. And guess what? The people you're bringing with you have probably already seen your movie. So, you know. Yeah, even in some of the bigger festivals we've been into with other films, um, if you don't get there early, if it's a bigger festival, I mean, not a great big one, but, you know, bigger than the one we were at yeah uh you know it's it'd be really good for you to get out there a bit early and uh try to recruit some people to come see your movie i mean 
In theory, yeah. I, I don't know if that works in practice. I mean, because like I said, man, filmmakers, we're, we're really terrible people. Filmmakers don't, <laughs> don't really want to go to a festival, watch other people's movie. You want people to watch your movie. I mean, I've had that conversation with know, but... with a couple of people at festivals. I mean, it's it's a tough sell, man. Uh, no, I want to see other people's movies. I, I do I too. Really, I really do. I mean, there are so many people that we know that have not seen Red Night at Skies that have had opportunity after opportunity after mm. opportunity. Oh, sure. And you know, and, and they all say the same thing. It's it's all some some variation of oh, I'm going to try to be there. Guess what? Anybody who says they're going to try to make it to your screening is not going to make it to your screening. They are not. Just like, just like Yoda says, do or do not. There is no try. But people, they oh, don't. Got deep there. For I did. Time. Yeah. Pe- people yeah. just don't want to let you down and just outright tell you, yeah, I'm not coming. But nine nine times out of ten, they're not coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, the showing here, it looked good. It sounded good after we got it the did. sound going. Uh, the people that were in the room, the the tech guy, another filmmaker, and another guy came down <laughs> after the drunk woman. She's a very lovely person, and uh, <laughs> but you know how drunk people are. Yeah, they they talk a lot, and you know she kept asking, "Is this a porn? Are we gonna watch?" Because I'm leaving, and we're like, "No, this is a real movie." And anyhow, the people who stuck around to see it after it's over, they're like, "Holy cow, this is really good," and. Uh, I'm I'm glad we got that out of Yeah. Out no, of I mean it could have been just me and Brock sitting yeah, sitting there. <laughs> yeah. But no, we got we got real feedback from people that didn't know what to expect and you know, asking, Wow, how'd how'd you get this thing done? Because it's not easy to make an independent film and uh we we made one and it turned out really well. So Yeah, no. I was I was happy to hear that. afterwards me and Brock just went upstairs, it went to the bar, had a beer and just pretty much laughed about the whole thing. Because we've been to some real shitty screenings, and and I, I would not, I would not qualify this as a shitty screening because the the picture looked good and the sound sounded good. So what the hell? No, it's a shitty turnout. Yeah, but that you know that's not the festival's fault. No, like I said, man, it's it's hard to it's hard to it's really hard to get people's butts out of, off their couch this time of year. And anytime now with streaming, it's like, why go anywhere when I can just sit on my couch and watch movies or watch whatever I want right here? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's tough to get uh, people out the door. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. It is. I hope I hope that festival uh, grows, uh, gets a little bigger for themselves. Cause it, is, it, could, it could be something really cool if they keep working at it. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice Missouri regional festival. So, you know, hats off to them and... Hope uh, hope it just keeps rolling along. We also got our first festival rejection. Boom. Yep. <laughs> you know, hopefully only the first of few. Could be first of many. But, you know, I wasn't surprised when it came through. And it was a fest I wanted to get in. You know, a smaller one. But I knew it as soon as I read it. I don't even... All you got to do is scan the email, look for the word unfortunately. Mm. And then you can delete the email. Which is pretty much what I did. I'm like, dot, 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 unfortunately, delete. Went back and deleted all evidence of it. Went went on Film Freeway and deleted it from the list before we even got the official uh, rejection. And, and let me tell you what not to do. 
don't contact the festival and ask questions. Don't complain. Don't say, oh, well, we got in this festival and this Never. festival. Why didn't we get in yours? It doesn't matter. It, you know, who knows? Maybe it's nothing personal. Maybe they didn't watch your film. It, it does not matter. All you have to do is just move on. Yeah, you don't want to dwell on any of that shit. No. I mean, it just puts bad vibes around you for one. And, and two, you know, like Chris said, you, you never know why they rejected you. No. It could be because, well, they couldn't fit you in their time slots. Or maybe your movie doesn't uh, speak what what they want people to hear. You know what yeah. I mean? And they may like your movie and, and tell other people that, hey, this didn't fit in our festival, but it may fit in your festival. You know, you never know who the festival show or runner is. So, yeah, you, you don't want to do anything negative. It's it's just bad business. For it one. is. And, and don't ask them why. Don't ask for <laughs> feedback. Don't ask for notes. Don't ask for anything. If you got to say anything, say thanks for considering, and that's it. Yeah, I think that's not a terrible way to go. Thanks. Hopefully the next next movie I, I make makes it in your festival. Yeah, because I'll tell you what, man. I used to save and print out all the festival rejection oh, no. emails. I had a stack of them. A wallpaper. Yeah, and I used to, you know, be all bummed out. It's like, no, nah, man, I don't care. You know, yeah, you can't. You, you really can't. It's just like with reviews. You can't read too much into reviews of your stuff. I mean, you're going to get some good ones. You're going to get some really terrible ones. And the only response I ever give to anyone is thank you for your support whether they say something really nice or really shitty i just say thank you for your support and that's it yeah that or just nothing at all like you said yeah you know so yeah so that was our our first one we went to as far as festival goes Uh, i know we have two more coming up in the near future we're going to make one's in chicago one in chicago and one is in uh Godfrey, Illinois. All right. Other side of the river for us. Yeah, it's like, it's basically just a little north of St. Louis. Okay. Yeah, and one's coming up pretty quick, right? One is in March, and the other one is in May. And I know there's Hysteria Fest, which we may get in, may not, I don't know, but that's another local one, so it'd be cool if we did. And when is that one going on? June, I think. Okay. So, you know. Yeah, I figured we'd have a pretty busy uh, spring and summer, and even, really, I think the fall we're going to be busy with festivals with this type of movie. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, because we sent it exclusively to horror festivals. So that's bigger in the fall, obviously. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we're getting, getting some more of those and get some good feedback. be nice to win some awards. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be really cool to win some awards, not just for, for our movie, but for the people involved in it. You yeah, know, it gives them something extra to put on their resume to keep building what they're trying to build, which is what I really like about this business. You know, it's not just about you or me, even though we're the and Mackie, even though we're the heads of 88 and, you know, our movie Red Night of Skies. But, you know, there's so many people involved in it. And uh, that's what I like. I like the collaboration, you know. And, yeah. And I, I like when people get spotlighted for what they do. Uh, within our our business so i think that's really cool about that's what i think that's really cool about making movies no it is and and that's whether or not your film has any financial success or festival success or any kind of success at all that doesn't mean it's a bad film but whether or not that happens other people worked on your film can still gain benefit from it that's right 
you know, and that's that you're right. That's the cool thing about this. I mean, someone maybe their their first acting gig is on your film. And because of that springboard, they're able to land other acting gigs. Yeah. I mean, I think I've said this before is I've most of the gigs I've got were because I was on another set and it's kind of, it's a small world and there's lots of work out there. Well, there used to be lots of work out there for me, but, but anyhow, uh, a lot of jobs I've, I've got were because of just being on the, the set of something else. Yeah. And whether it be in front of the camera or even sometimes behind the camera. I mean, recently I just had somebody reach out to me in messenger about, um, possibly wanting to shoot up my property because they hear I have property or whatever. And, and, uh, we haven't worked the kinks on of that or any, on that out or anything, but, you know, there's a possibility for that for some other old production company that I don't even know. Hmm. So cool. Yeah, it'd, it'd be pretty cool. But, you know, website works. It may not work out, but it's just, it's yeah, just you never how it works. Know. It's, you try to help other people out, and that's what it's about. Um, you know, something else I kind of want to ask and talk to you about is is the, the state of independent filmmaking, not the actual making. Let me take that back. The making money and getting getting it out there on platforms for people to see is fairly simple but people don't know where to go in the masses because there's no marketing behind most independent film making and independent film movies i should say no so we've we've talked about okay and we've had other directors and producers on the show talk about making smaller budget films so being able to return their money would be easier because it's such a small budget, like a ten thousand dollar film or a fifteen thousand dollar film. Yeah. So that way, you know, they got to make if they make twenty grand. They just they just netted five. Yeah, that's theoretically an easier way to make money. Right. So you'd have to make a bunch of those throughout the year to sustain any type of real living. So there's that way of doing it, and we we're we did not do that with Red Knight. Obviously. No. No. Uh, the other way of making movies, there's plenty of different ways, but the one I'm talking about is you spend a couple hundred thousand dollars to maybe a million or two million dollars for a film. You get bigger names involved, obviously, which is always beneficial to the production company because names bring, they, well, they put seats, they put butts in seats, right? Sure. Names do. But it's still relatively hard to get on platforms, even with that budget, because now you got to make up a million dollars, right? So how do we how do we make the money filmmakers used to be able to possibly make on these platforms we have? Which I know we don't know 100% the answer, but I like to talk through it a little bit. Well, I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say Boo, yeah. You 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 really can't make money like you used to be able to. Like this has always been a hard game, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's never at any point at our budget level we're talking about. So let's say a hundred thousand dollars and under, sometimes far, far under. It's always been a hard game at the indie level to make money. I mean, yeah, there are films that break out of that. Yeah, we don't need to go down that road. We've talked about. Yeah, but that's the that's not the majority. The majority films, and they, they may be. Well-produced movies, they may be very entertaining movies, but there's a lot of them. And it's always been hard, but at least it was theoretically possible if you spent a decent amount of money and maybe had a couple of 
you know, B-level celebrities, C-level celebrities in it, then you could go through the traditional distribution route, provided you weren't getting screwed by the distributor, and, you know, stand a reasonable chance of making some money back. Now, with streaming, there is so much content out there. There is an unimaginable amount of content. So, that's... Everyone has taken a, a piece of the streaming pie. Like, if there were only 10 movies, right, and that was it, then, you know, those 10 movies would make a boatload of money. But there's 10,000 movies or 100,000 movies or whatever the number, but it's a lot, and so there's only so much to go around. Well, the amount of competition's definitely there. But I guess my bigger question is, how has the game changed in the last handful of years? Because I think we were talking about this earlier, you know, years ago when, even when streaming just kind of came out, you could, if you say you had a movie, you put it on Amazon Prime or you, or you put it on or Netflix and wanted it or whatever, they saw your movie somehow, uh, they liked your movie, they'd either possibly buy it outright, or you know they'd put you on the platform and you'd split your sales or your rentals, right? And a, sure. a sale would be three or four or five dollars, and a rental would be like two two ninety nine or something like that. And then they'd split. It'd be pretty much a 50-50 split from what it used to be. So if you had a million viewers on your on their platform that saw your movie, you'd make a couple million bucks because you'd split it, right? Potentially, yeah. Yeah. And now uh, it's just not quite like that. And I'm, I'm curious if you have a, an answer or reason why it's not like that anymore. Well, because of the amount of content, they can afford to essentially pay very little right like i said if you only had your there's only 10 choices or whatever only a handful of choices then they have to pay them more because there's only a few choices well see here's what i don't understand yeah there's much there's so many choices out there like you're saying but if the if the movies aren't being viewed that movie shouldn't make any money I, i get that for sure but if your movie is being viewed you should definitely make money is what I have a problem with. Like, like I said, now if you get a million people seeing your movie, you're not you're gonna make tens of thousands of dollars. Well, maybe, yeah, because it you only get paid out like I don't know, hundred dollars per thousand views or something like that. Yeah, depending on the platform and the deal. Yeah, that's 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 where I don't understand. Is if there's that many people watching your movie through this platform, how come that platform can't pay out more money to you if there's just if there's that if you fall into an algorithm where a lot of people are watching your shit shouldn't you be getting paid better i mean i would say theoretically yeah i mean that's that's how i mean i and trust me i don't know how social media really works <laughs> but like tiktok and instagram right. and all that jazz i mean if you have two dozen followers you're not going to make any money if you have two million followers then you're going to make more money that's that's exactly my point i and as as far as streaming goes i don't know how that works i don't know how the payouts work they do not appear to work well they they're not transparent on how i i'm not sure how the platform gets paid by the advertisers you know how much you know the rates per view per whatever the hell you're watching uh and so we don't know that number how, how do we know how much we're actually supposed to be getting paid? No, it's a problem. There's no transparency. It's the right. same thing with the distributor. A distributor can give you any number that they choose to give you, 
and you just have to take their word for it. This is the part of the business that I don't understand because I, I own businesses, right? And if, if things don't make sense, people will stop doing it. But people still make movies like us. We just said this earlier. We are making movies even though the business model doesn't make sense to anybody. Well, that's the problem. And here, here's the problem with, with filmmaking, with, with art in general, music, whatever you want to call it. So there, there's a market for it, right? There are consumers who, you know, I'm a consumer, you're a consumer. You know, we talk about, oh, did you see that new show? Did you see that movie? Blah, blah, blah. Right. There's a market for all this stuff. The industry is essentially and effectively self-regulated, right? Uh, no, I'm not sure how, what you mean, really. There is no film payment oversight committee that makes sure everyone is getting paid what they're owed, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, not in indie world, no. No. So the uh, the streamers, uh, the, the gatekeepers, the, the distributors... They only disclose the bare minimum that they have to disclose. It's, it's part of their business model. Yeah. It works for them. Yeah, it, but it doesn't work for the creators. No. The problem is everyone thinks the industry still operates like it did 40 years ago, and it doesn't. It's not simply you make a movie and people like the movie, then it's a hit, you sell the movie, and then you get a bunch of money, and you're off to Hollywood, or, or you get so much money you can make another movie doesn't work like that i'm not sure how it works anymore <laughs> that's that's what i'm that's that's the bit that's the most suckiest part about this business yes it, it sucks to raise money it sucks to <laughs> it sucks to try to get a film made it's awesome making it and having it finished it, re- it really really is that's why we do it but the back end of this business is so muddy it's really hard it's really hard to say, let's keep on going because we know there's light in this, this tunnel somewhere if we keep swimming, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's what we're doing now. We are trying to figure this shit out. And, and we're on different uh, social media platforms, reading other people's stuff. And it doesn't seem like many people have this figured out. No, that's the thing, man. You can look on YouTube, look on all these different channels. Everyone has, you know, there's all these gurus with advice and ideas and oh this is how you beat the system and nobody seems to know a goddamn thing no i mean i, I agree with with some of them and, and you've even said this at, at one point is you know make a good movie it's going to be seen which i 100 percent agree with of uh, but you know who, who says it's a good movie that's you know that's because it's subjective <laughs> yeah it's very subjective that's right so i mean well my what i was getting to my point earlier is you know we could we could make $10,000 movies all year long, you know, all the time. It's not quite where I want to go with this business. Or we could try and raise, you know, half a million dollars, a million dollars, and and see if that gets us to the next level, too. I'm not sure which direction we're going to go uh, after Red Knight, because everybody asks about what we do after Red Knight. Yeah, I don't honestly know which works, because it is comparatively easier to get a return on investment and make money with a $10,000 film as right. opposed to a million dollar film. It is definitely easier to make 
um, eleven thousand dollars than it is a million dollars. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes, it is million and one for a profit. <laughs> That's right. Or you know, to get back to investors, you'd need one point two, right? Sure. Uh, and that just uh, break that break even. You know, uh, with us investors getting back what they invested in their percentage, then we'd be at zero. Then then we, the production company would start making money. So I'm not sure which way is the right way because there's not a right way. Uh, I don't know if there's really a wrong way, you know, because I've seen people do, you know, little things and seem like they make a little bit of money. You know, some people are streaming their stuff on, on YouTube and, you know, they're making, you know, $100 a month. And that's all they're looking at. That's all they care about. They're getting something. And after a year, they'll make $1,000 and get their, their $1,000 film. Well, they'd make 1200 <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's just not, that's not our lane, I don't think. I, th- I think it's, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollar film. Hopefully that works because that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. Unless we want to go even bigger, better, more bigger name actors and, and get all the distribution done at the beginning of the deal, which is ideally the best way to go. If you can get a distro deal and maybe some uh, guarantees up front from different distributors, that's, that's the way to go. Sure, but that is hard to do. That's hard to do unless you have, you know, sales agents in hand and uh, relationships with um, dis- distributors who you've probably worked with before and they want to work with you again. Yeah, and we've worked with distributors before that we don't want to work with again. Yeah, they, they, they want to work with us again. I wonder why that is. Yeah, well. Uh, you were easy pickings, I guess. I guess so. I don't know. Just the whole business model is so, like I said, muddy and shitty at the end. It's really hard for a lot of independent filmmakers to to get their money back for themselves or their investors. And we know it's art. I get that it's art. But it's also a business. And I'm in it for business and art. You know, you can do both. Well, I think there's been a lot of talk recently about Film Hub not working anymore. And I, I don't think that's the case. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people who make films have unrealistic expectations and unrealistic views of their product and their capability. I think a lot of the people complaining about Film Hub not working anymore have just made shitty movies. Well, they say it's not working because now they're asking for money to not put it on certain platforms at certain times. Sure. So you don't want your movie to go to YouTube, so you have to pay so it doesn't go there. You don't want it to go to... Wherever. Wherever. So you have to pay so it doesn't go there. I don't know. I've heard another school of thought is like, man, flood it. Put it everywhere. I've heard that, but if you get... If somebody sees it for free on one platform and is asked to pay for it on another platform or, or watch advertisements, they're going to go to the free one, and you're not going to see a penny. Is it free, free, or is it ad based? Some of it's free, free, <laughs> which just for people to get, it, just for people to see it. Well, someone has to pay something somewhere. But you can put something on YouTube and not have any advertising on it. Sure. And nobody's going to make money. <laughs> Correct. And then it, the advertising on YouTube, I'm not sure how much money that makes somebody yet. We're going to find that out. <laughs> because <laughs> we, we are because we do it we spoke on one of the episodes we have issues with that right now but we didn't say youtube we just said one of the big ones oh well everybody knows who it is well. it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh i just hope we can find a way to get through that that uh the muddy waters and maybe 
tell people how to get through it too. You know, hopefully we can get through that light and, and, and share our experience with people and, and uh, help other people out if, if we can help ourselves out first. That would be ideal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did anything we talk about make sense tonight? I don't know. No one ever comments, so who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I'll, you know what I do know? Yes. I want to hear it, though. <laughs> I do know about the highs, yeah. the lows, and the in-betweens of true independent filmmaking. On the Any Film Sucks podcast, brought to you by 88mm Productions, uh, you know, it's on places where... Hey, Chris. Yeah. We know a lot of the lows. If you guys want to know about those. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, see you next time. Adios. Indie film sucks. Indie film sucks. It's the indie film sucks.